Welcome to another episode of the Green Room Podcast presented by Handshake Media Network. Thank you for listening. Um, I was going to do another long-winded introduction, but again, this is a Zoom recording, so I don't want to make it awkward for my guest today. It's Ashton Irwin. Ashton, welcome to the podcast, sir. Hello, everyone who's listening, and uh, hello. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm excited to have a little conversation with you. Yeah, man, I was, I was saying right before we started recording that um, I think when Five Sauce were here in February to promote Calm, I was scheduled to do an interview with all four of you. Um, when I got into the studio, uh, the other guy said, oh, Ashton's actually in a different room signing records, so he can't be here for this. So it's kind of like I'm, I'm rounding this out, what, seven months later. So it feels good. It feels right. It does. It feels really like I'll catch up with an old friend. <laughs> how, how have you been, man? I mean, again, it's what, February, what's that? Shit. Eight months ago. It was in February, yeah. We were back at that point in time in Australia. I was happy to visit. I was there for a week. Um, it was a whirlwind of a week when I last saw you. We were there for, we have a foundation called Friends of Friends. Um, so we were kind of putting on performance. Uh, and then we played the Bushfire Relief concert at ANZ, mm-hmm. which was absolutely wild. Uh, we played that with Queen and Alice Cooper and... I don't know, Delta Goodrum, everyone was there. Uh, it was nuts. And that was the last time uh, I was in Australia. So, you know, I miss everyone dearly because I'm in the US and society is changing rapidly over here, um, as it is everywhere. But it feels like the real epicenter of cultural and social change at the current moment. Um, yeah, the speed things are shifting and the way we're creating art is really different. So I'm excited to talk on things like podcasts because I, I have a real insight on what it's like to be an Aussie artist living in, in America at this current moment and releasing a record that is based on what I've consumed as a, as a lyricist um, through media, through conversations and through society in general over here. Um, so a lot has changed since February and a lot has changed <laughs> since I last saw you. Isn't it? It's fucking crazy. Like I've, I've had a couple of, of guests from LA. Most have been American. As you mentioned, it's good to get like an Australian's insight into it. I mean, obviously the, the main thing is COVID of what's going crazy in America right now, but it also is election time. That in itself is a, is a very crazy time to be in America anyway. How, how are things going? Like you're in LA, right? Yeah, I'm in LA. I live in studio city with all the other drummers. Um, there, <laughs> there's a huge population of us here. The left, Travis Barker to the right, the usual. Yeah, well, you wouldn't be surprised. We're all <laughs> in the same neighborhood. Um, I, yeah, I've been here. I was here for the election where Trump uh, was elected as president. Um, I was in New York at the time, and I've been here ever since. I've been living here his whole term. Um, so yeah, it, it has been really really uh, horrendous the way COVID has been handled here. Um, There's a lot of duality in this country. There's a lot of people working really hard to progress um, and make things a positive outcome. Uh, But there's also 
uh, a lot of like backwards things. It would appear backwards to an Australian, mm. um, but it is hundreds and hundreds of years of uh, stuff that I'm learning about every day. Uh, and yeah, so it's a complex, a complex country. It's a, it's a, it's a really interesting place at this current moment. How, how are things looking? I mean, is it, is it, positive for you guys is it, is it dire like is it i mean you just recorded an album so it's it's good to stay busy i guess of all things right yeah but i made that in my house and the reason i made it in my house is because we haven't been we haven't we're not supposed to leave our houses at all uh so i made a diy record and it seemed like the perfect opportunity for me to go inwards rather than look outwards for a solution um so i did the best thing i could do and I wrote, you know, about things that were truthful to me as a lyricist, you know, and we can dive into song, song, song in the future in this interview. But things are pretty stressful, I would say. Nothing's ever dire. And the more we start to say everything's fucked, I think the more fucked things become, <laughs> so, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, remaining positive, man. Yeah, I mean, good segue into into why you're on today to talk about this solo album, Super Bloom. It is out. Well, you know what? It, we're recording on this on a Thursday. It's out on Friday. So let's say it's out today. By the time this episode's out, it'll be out. So congratulations. Okay. You're killing it, Ashton. Um, again, I'm, I'm going to use this little February harbour cruise as the bubble of when we can start because that's when I last saw you. Was this conceived, not necessarily album, but you doing solo material, was that even conceived at a time when Five Sauce are about to record arguably your biggest album yet? Yeah. Uh, we released Calm. Here, here's what I, here's the timeline. So we kind of finished Calm, the Five Seconds of Summer record, maybe a year and a half before it was released. Uh, so in terms of writing another record, I was really due to be creative again. I was really due to keep on a roll. Um, and I was really due to, you know, go back in the studio at some point, uh, pretty, pretty soon after February. Um, at that point in time, five seconds of summer had a tour booked. That tour was five months long and I would have just got home about three weeks ago from February when I saw you. <laughs> so, so I would have been, uh, yeah, I would have been on the move. I would have been really busy and I would have been, you know, being in the collaborative experience that is five seconds of summer. Um, but everything changed. We found ourselves, the, the tour was canceled. Uh, the album had been released. It was successful. It was a wonderful thing. The audience really liked what we had done. Uh, it was a diverse record. We touched in areas of pop music that we hadn't touched in before. We got to work with one of the most popular producers on earth, Andrew Watt. Um, and things were incredible, man. We're trying to, you know, really expand the band into a new horizon, uh, have cultural and social impact, uh, and be a place of joy for music, music people, you know? Um, but then, yeah, as I said, everything changed. We found ourselves at home and I found myself questioning my ability. Okay, I'm not going on tour this year. I'm not making another record this year. I'm in my home and what can I do that's productive? What can I do that grows me as a person? How can I be motivated? What inspires me? What are my personal abilities as a musician, producer, songwriter, communicator? And how far can I take this at home? Um, 
so I got to writing, um, started writing as soon as I got home, as soon as the lockdown commenced. And I've always wanted to put out music on my own, but I do love being in a band. And it's something I've been very vocal about. If you've ever spoken to me ever, you know I, I fucking love Five Seconds of Summer and I love being in it and I love the blessings and experiences I've had. I got to see the world through Five Seconds of Summer. I'm a, I'm a kid from Western Sydney. I grew up in South Windsor, 2756, and wasn't seeing the world out there. Mm. I, I might have one way or another one day, um, but the band really took me around the world and I got to see everything and experience culture and, and societies that I never really dreamt of being immersed in, you know? Um, so, you know, I questioned, okay, can I write songs on my own? I probably could. I haven't tried for a long time. I've relied on a lot of people and I've shut the fuck up because I'm in the room with guys like Ryan Tedder or someone who's written every hit song ever. Mm. And I'm just, you know, again, in my head, I have imposter syndrome. I'm just a kid from Western Sydney. Like, take your blessings, man. Accept who you're in the room with and, you know, let it happen. Yeah. Uh, but I got sober about a year and a half ago. And ever since then, this urge to really grow creatively, be self-reliant creatively has been growing ever since. And the self-confidence, the self-esteem, the self-acknowledgement uh, of my narrative as a person, as a lyricist was important. And I can't keep shoving it down. I, I, I would love to put out a record. And so this year gave me the opportunity to explore that. Um, I love that I read somewhere that when this album was complete, the first thing you did was show this to the band in a car, just a forum. Yeah. Which yeah. is fucking cool because, like, especially at this point in your career, you've released four successful albums. Someone wants to go do solo material. That's, like, the beginning of the end, right? Like, how... Well, like, well, how well, qu- well, yeah, well, questioning that construct is what we're doing. That's why I said, what would the most transparent, truthful thing to do be as soon as I finish this record and it was show them it destroyed that awful, awful, awful construct based on the ego. Uh, well, he's doing solo stuff. The band mustn't have long to go. And it's like the band has extra, extra long to go because I'm not lying to myself mm. and nor is anyone else. Mm. Uh, I, I'm going to be such a better collaborator the next time we get in the studio. We got some time in November as a group. Um, I'm excited for that because I have things off my chest. I have a creative outlet that does not serve and belong to three other guys. It's just my shit. Mm. It's and cool it's, as well because – no, go ahead. No, it's just the music I release is what I'm a fan of. It's also my stories, and I'd be lying to myself if I tried to squeeze them out someone else's vocal cords. Yeah. You know, I, it, it's my thing, you know? It's, it's pretty incredible that Calm was a record that really, really did change the sound and the music that Five Souls were producing. And now you've released Super Bloom, which, again, is a completely different tangent from Calm. Mm-hmm. And when you said, uh, I think you said something like these, these stories, these songs can never come from anyone but you. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we get to hear exactly what a, a five seconds of summer record would sound if Ashton was in charge of everything. It's, it's just so fucking different and cool. Yeah, but now you're understanding the plan. It's like, well, the other three might do stuff in the future that 
totally shows their soul and spirit as music, mu uh, musical artists and lyricists or, or creative beings. And I think all these things just make us a more admirable, uh, immersible band. You, you can get involved. In, it's, it's, it's the Beatles, man. It's like, I like George. I like George's solo stuff. Oh my God, I can hear George's influence in the Beatles music. Uh, you know, just mimic the greats. I think you can't go wrong. You know, I think at particular at this point in time, when you throw touring out the window, we can't go on tour. All there is left is music. That's all, that's all we can do. So I think more music, the better. All high tides raise all ships. So, <laughs> yeah. What was the conversations you were having when COVID really took off? Like how, how quickly was that conversation from, we can't go on the road to fuck this. I'm going to start writing again. Was that like a day, a week, a month? Uh, you know what, man? It was a day. Fuck. My housemate, Matt Pauling, who I produced the record with, mm. jokingly said, well, let's just make an album then. It's just you and I stuck in this house. Like, let's just do something then. And I agreed. And then we went downstairs into my studio and we wrote, have you found what you're looking for? That's literally how it went. So... Yeah, it was kind of cosmic and weird and meant to be if you believe in that shit, but it was really great. And it's really empowered me as just a guy. Um, I, I never feel, I feel like I covered a lot of ground with my technicality, with my recording. I learned how to produce music this year. Um, and that was something I felt ashamed of for a long time that I didn't know how to record my vocal to the, to the extent that these other people I was working with could, I couldn't, do all these things. I just wanted to get better at my craft, you know? So mm. the content in these songs as well is, is pretty personal, obviously dealing with, you know, alcoholism, depression, body dysmorphia. Is a lot of the content in these songs going to be a shock for your fans? Or do you think you've been a pretty open book as far as what's been going on in your personal life? Yeah. In interviews, you've interviewed me before. I'm always pretty straight up with stuff. Like I'm not, trying to make my life seem like some kind of smooth fairy tale that, that, you know, because the human experience incurs a lot of suffering, a lot of pain and a lot of uh, addiction. The society we live in is based on alcoholism. It's based on prescription medication. It's based on stress, anxiety. It fuels the economy. Mm. And, and I want to talk about those things in my music. You know, I, I think, you know, I'm a 26 year old man. My fans have grown up a lot. Um, and this is the stuff we want to talk about at this current moment. You know, that's the whole thing. I, I, I want to be a lifetime artist in order to be a lifetime artist. You got to write a lifetime arc of narrative. This is the things we're going through this year. Particularly I talk about media consumption, how dangerous it is. Um, if you don't critically think about what you're consuming in your subconscious, I talk about all these things. Um, because I know that my audience is ready for stuff like this, um, because I am, because I grew up with these people. Mm. You said before as well, I love that, like, you know, you're just a kid from Western Sydney. Like I grew up in Kellyville. Yeah. So I, I don't know why I have like this weird affirmation for you guys. I'm like, fuck yeah, they're in the suburb near me. Um, but do you think like, again, with what you've gone through and what next year will be a decade since five seconds of summer formed, the idea of, of, becoming incredibly famous and incredibly successful at such a young age. 
do you think now with where you're at, you know, being sober for a year, you've mastered that, the idea of being this young, successful, famous hotshot? Do you think you're, you've kind of put the whole I'm famous into a little box and that's fine and, as you said, not let your ego feed you? Well, I the language you're using is stuff that I have kind of uh, self-disciplined out of my dialogue. I don't right. talk about me being famous or a hot shot or uh, I, you process fame um, in many different ways in this current society, being famous is very different to what it was 10 years ago or mm. five years ago. Um, popularity of voice and output is what we're talking about. Your expansiveness to how many minds you can affect through what you post on the internet, the way you communicate on the internet, your output. So the way I conquered things that you're talking about that could be ego-based, I just went inwards and chose to be of substance, of circumstance, of truth. I want to work on my being in order so my output is pure, concise, intelligent, and I'm able to be focused on message, not bullshit. Mm. Do you, do you, <laughs> you know? No, do you think, though, that unless you're in it, People can't relate. Like, you know, use just a very common example of like Justin Bieber a couple of years ago when he was in that really bad place and getting arrested and all the rest of it. Do you think you can't really understand what it's like to be in that position unless you're in it? I think you can imagine yourself in it. Mm. Uh, we used to just but, envision the fun parts, right? Lots of money and partying and cars and yay. You don't really think about the other stuff that comes with that. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, society's way of selling uh just a different version of capitalism i just think it's like fame is you know unfortunately a lot of people will base it on money cars things you just spoke about parties <laughs> etc um where the reality is to stay number one is one of the most impossible things anyone has ever tried to do mm. uh, a person like Justin Bieber has went through immense pain and suffering that we wouldn't even know about because he's human. Like your eye, imagine being judged for just being you for mm. fucking up because we made those mistakes sting a million times more than they would have if we didn't exist in his life. Right. If that makes sense. Oh, he's, he's just learning lessons like your eye. Anyone that's in the spotlight is learning lessons, but they're learning them publicly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, there could be worse things. I think that's the good thing. I think society then questioned his actions or questioned celebrity X's uh, actions and went, Hey, that's kind of fucked up. We don't agree with that. We don't like the way you're behaving without that reflection. What have they evolved? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. Well, I mean, like, I always get asked as well, like just doing interviews all the fucking time, like, you know, who's the coolest person you Who's the nastiest? Who has an ego? Every time I've, I've caught up with you guys, you're incredibly humble and just nice and low and there is no ego about you. And you talking about like having to check yourself. Has there ever been a time throughout that career? Like, you know, Michael walking with three bounces and you're like, Michael, just settle down, please, mate. <laughs> we're friends we're best no, friends no no because i am sympathetic because michael was very famous <laughs> it's like i don't question anyone how they deal with it like 
okay, man, work it out. You know, it's all love. And, and everybody in my band, you know, speaking about Michael Callum or Luke, these guys have been wonderful the whole way. The way they maintain their character is pretty impeccable from my perspective. Um, I think they've only become better and they've only become more empathetic over time for other people. Mm. Um, and, and what else could you ask for from a young person? Um, yeah. So I have a lot of respect for them, enough so that I would be playing my music to them first because I want to see if they like it. I want to see if they think it's cool. You know, I, I laughed before in an interview, I said, because I showed Michael and Callum first, and Michael said, oh, man, this shit is awesome. It sounds like dream theater. And I said, what? It sounds like dream theater. <laughs> I said, that's, and if you're listening, if you go listen to dream theater, it's pretty damn technical stuff. Yeah. So he actually threw me for one because without that perspective, I wouldn't have then went and gone, well, shit, am I releasing a dream theater record? Like, that's not what I really wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and I understood then that, you know, getting their opinions is really important because they were impeccably uh, crucial to my growth. Mm. So what happens moving forward now? I mean, the album is out. Fingers crossed it does everything you want it to do and more. Well, what do we think it should do? I mean, well, right now, touring is not a thing. I mean, you can do, you can do like, live exactly. stream. That's fun. Yeah, so, so I think developing intention is crucial for an artist today because you can't yeah. get out there on the road. It's dangerous. You put people's lives at risk. So don't do that. Don't rebook the tour. Don't pretend that things are going to get totally, you know, changed and the vaccine will save us all right away. <laughs> we need to be, we need to come up as creatives, come up with creative solutions for these times. And for me, putting out a record is about as creative as I get. Um, I'm putting out a whole thing, you know, I'm making videos, I'm doing all these things and just leading by example is the intention. Yeah. That's all. There is no outcome that I'm trying to receive. There is no nothing. I'm just putting my thoughts, my energy, my art out into the universe and see what happens. Having gone through that solo process now and then writing these songs, recording this album, do you think you will want to do another one? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love it. I love working on my own. I love collaborating. So, you know, maintaining that balance will be my next challenge. You know, when am I going to do a record with the band? When do we have a mission statement as a band? What's our message? Um, and then, you know, it's just like for me having a solo outlet because when people want to have kids or when people want to get married or when people just plain don't want to go on tour after a decade, that's okay. I will be able to still make art and I will not be waiting on anyone else to do, you know, execute ideas. That's kind of all it is for me. It's just so nice that you just have like that open mind about it. Yeah. Well, I just had to free myself, you know, I don't want to be trapped with these negative mentalities that don't even exist. You know, mm -hmm. they don't, they don't exist because the way I communicate and love these people, the, the negativity doesn't exist in our, our kind of dialogue or narrative or, or even just relative like conversations. They don't, the negative stuff isn't there. Mm. It's always so fascinating. Again, the last couple of months I've had musicians on the podcast and they usually want to promote an album or a song or whatever it may be. And the million dollar question is, okay, the album's out. So now what are you going to do? And they're kind of just like, I don't know. You can't tour. 
<laughs> you can't really perform. Yeah. Do you just continue writing? Do you go do a completely different project? Like, what the fuck do you do? Yeah. Well, that's the exciting part. Yeah. You know, because one day someone will come up with something where the whole industry goes, that is the shit. Look what <laughs> yeah. they're doing. Oh, fuck. They got it. That's the thing we've all been looking for. And whoever that is will be the next fucking hero. And I can't wait for that person. You know, it could be a huge artist. It could be a small Aussie independent artist. It could be anyone who reinvents the game. And that's fucking exciting. Mm. I, encourage, I encourage people to go with, with that tide. As soon as you start trying to swim against the tide, trying to go back in time to how things were, you're going to lose. So you got to go with things as they transform and evolve. Do you think there's going to be anything you've done or worked through during COVID that you will adopt in a post-COVID world, whether that be, you know, the way you're living your life right now or the way you're recording and writing music? Yeah. What I learned was you must feel success in the journey before the album's released because that will maintain your emotional state for when it's released, when it's out. It eliminates... Uh, it eliminates expectation that could break your heart. Like you must enjoy the process. If I'm ever in an album process that I'm hating, I'm, I'm not going to do it. That's what I learned. I, I'm going to enjoy this process. I'm going to enjoy creating. I'm going to like uh, the whole thing. Um, and I'm going to let it be transformative on a philosophical level too. So uh, it's important that it's fulfilling because if you're going to do it for a long time, like I have, it, it has to be, uh, relative to your just regular human growth. Um, otherwise, you know, it's, it's not real. It's not a real thing. It's making a record should be transformative for your being. Have you been in that position before where you, you're in the middle of, of writing or recording something and you think whether it's because you hate the product or whether it's because you're just not yeah. in the right mindset? I think I've just been in tough places before because I applied expectation. And I wasn't receiving what I thought things would feel like. I mean, that happens for most people that break out in the music industry for the first time. You look at it all the time. They go, oh, it's really not what I thought it would feel like. <laughs> having a number one isn't what I thought it would feel like. Because <laughs> having a number one or something like that, some grand gesture of success, uh, always will feel so different to what you imagine it feeling like. Um, it, Put it in a it, sentence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm debut at number one. Well, you say thank you, and I'm ready to go work on myself again. I'm ready to keep yeah. pursuing. I felt success that you're talking about a year ago when I wrote this song. I already felt it. I felt like I did a great piece of creation, yeah. a great piece of art, a great piece of music, whatever it may be, because I already felt what we're celebrating. Um, yeah. And that's kind of where you want to live. You just want to like your own music. <laughs> mm, totally. And keep it that way, you know. Do you have any plans to come back to a show? I know five seconds of summer was scheduled to come back in November. Has that already been postponed or is that? Yeah. The next time I come back, it won't be for work. I just want to see my grandparents now. Like, uh, they're not old, but they're getting older. And I just sitting at home all this time and thinking about how long I've been away and how much time I haven't seen my family. I just am, you know, maturely motivated to just be there for a moment, spend some time with them. I'm not sure about five seconds of summer stuff yet. We haven't 
we haven't truly planned it out yet because we just don't know what's going to happen. So you know you've got no plans really for the rest of 2020? Aside from get this music out into the world. <laughs> yeah. I personally releasing a record, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I've been working on this for a really long time now. It's been months and months and months. And uh, I'd like to just enjoy it being received, um, you know. And I just enjoy it being out. I have some surprises for people that like my music um, all the way up to like the end of the year. So it's, it's fun stuff for me at this point in time. That's great, man. Yeah, dude. Before you go, I did want to ask while we were talking about Australia, what is your and Five Seconds Summer's relationship with Australia like these days? I mean, like without putting words in anyone's mouth, Five Seconds of Summer are, are a global entity now like it's a yeah you started in australia but you guys are massive all over the world you're not yeah. one of the bands like you know with all due respect like a cold chisel who were just big in australia and really not so much everywhere else do you when you guys come home does it feel like home or is it just like you're in another country where you're number one again no <laughs> no, no having cultural relevance to australia is literally one of the top three goals of the band we yeah. want to be involved. We want to be there. We want to feel like we matter. It's, you know, it has changed because we've matured. It's like feeling like if we could play gigs forever in Australia, we'd be, that's our version of success. Like if we could come home and fucking rock that shit whenever we want. That's like a dream. That's was there a like a venue you guys played at when you were coming up and like, holy shit, we just played there. We've done it, guys. Yeah, it was All Phones Arena. Like, that's yeah. like, that's 20 minutes from where we grew up, you and I. And maybe a little more, 40 minutes. Um, yeah, give or take. In mum's, <laughs> mum's Holden Astra. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was like, oh, shit. Like, you know, all the football teams play next door. Like, it's crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, but also, I've seen every documentary of every successful Aussie band. Like, In Excess played fucking Wembley in the same month they played the Metro theater. So it could go so many ways. Mm. Um, but you know, in terms of being of service to the arts community in Australia, being of service to, uh, things like bushfire relief, like we just want to be useful to the culture. We don't want to be a negative thing. Mm. Um, and you know, in, in future, we have plans to maybe record a record in Australia and just immerse and have fun. We are so blessed to be from Australia. Now that I've seen some of the world, it's like, damn, Australia is literal heaven compared to some places. Um, God bless those places that are in those struggle. But being an Australian, you're, you're really, really lucky. And, and to be a part of that, uh, is is really an incredible thing so we just want to keep maintaining our our kind of stature in australia and keep upping our game just for the country you know there's it's as simple as as that well it's a good time to pitch to me because right before COVID hit i was moving i think i, think, I don't know if i told you i told luke i was moving to la in may and then like yes I, you told us that accommodation and then i think a week and a half later lockdown happened so and with the way America is right now, I don't think I'm going to be able to get there anytime soon. Yeah. Um, it's interesting yeah. for me because uh, I'm actually half American, half Australian. My yep. dad is American. Mom's an Aussie. So um, I've been kind of a part of the two worlds my whole life. So um, 
yeah, maintaining kind of an understanding American society and culture is really important um, for me at the moment to keep learning and, and keep uh, just the way I'm speaking about Australia. America is kind of equally important because yeah. um, it's part of my life. It's part of my lineage. I'm, I'm my, my family is from here as well, you know, so learning lots these days. Well, Ashton, it's so good to chat to you, man. Hopefully next time we see each other, won't be over a Zoom and staring at a, a laptop camera. We um, need to get back on a boat, man. I that was sick. Fuck, I, mean, I think that's the only place to hang out right now anyway. I loved that day. It was it awesome. Was Sorry yeah. to listening who wasn't there. It was fun. No, we yeah, had a great too time. bad. Too um, bad, everyone. Ashton, thank you again, man. The album is called Super Bloom. It is out right now. Check it out. Hopefully we hear more solo music very soon, man. This is an incredible album and hopefully we hear five seconds of summer new music in 2021. I hope it's so too. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk soon. Cheers, mate. Bye. Thanks, buddy.